This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. You are listening to the Blockade Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Freebus, aka Shut Your Trap. Joining me halfway across the world, Jared Morgan. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. So uh, we're recording. We're recording a little later today because uh, Jared had to go get pancakes with the kitties at IHOP, and uh, they were kind enough to invite me, but I couldn't make the flight. No, it was IKEA, and we were oh. getting full breakfast. Well, that yeah. just ruins everything. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to go to IKEA. <laughs> Yeah, you do because they have really cheap and delicious breakfast there. I, I don't want to whole... eat. I don't want to eat IKEA food. IKEA food's great. IKEA food is Swedish in, meatballs. For, well, no, for breakfast you get a full full English. So you get like scrambled eggs, sausage. You get six meatballs. You get two little hash brown rosties, and you get um, a slice of tomato for five dollars ninety five. So. Well. That's cheap. And then you can go and get a $2.50 bottomless cup of coffee. So, um, so really get which, set. Which you're going to need that coffee if you want to uh, survive the long walk through Ikea. And we did actually go for a little wander through Ikea today, but we were doing it on a mission because today they had something for the kids. And it was a, um, a fine, it's a bit of a hidden item mission. You had yep. a little map and on that map they had, um, they the story goes that the uh, the IKEA parrots that you can buy in the kids section had escaped the kids section and had roosted in various different parts of the IKEA center, and you had to go and find them. So the kids went on their merry way with a little map with all the X marks, the spots, and we're looking for them everywhere. And it was quite a fun way to sort of um, keep them busy while we had a quick look through the shop for a few extra storage items. So um, it worked. It was good. Um, so I went looking for, cause I am in desperate need of, uh, more shelving for my DVDs and Blu-rays. Um, yep. cause they're now just a lively piled. story. Yeah. They're a now just story. piled on the floor cause I've run out of shelving. Um, so I went there with specific mission, just look at the, whatever racks they had. Yeah. And I found that section probably within 10 minutes. They did not have a single thing that even remotely matched what I was hoping for. So then I went to make my quick escape. It's hard to get out of an IKEA. <laughs> it is without going through the. They kind um, of they kind of funnel you through, and then they force you down to their little marketplace area. And trying to get out the exit of that just takes you into the floor where you can put everything on your pallet. And it takes a while to get out of that. It was like I'm trying to leave, and it won't let me. It's worse than a Vegas casino. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the biggest casino of homewares. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. No, it's fun. And it's great. And that that marketplace is deadly. You walk through there, you go, oh, yeah, I, I actually I do need a scrubbing brush. Oh, actually, yeah, I also need like drying racks for my plates that will go with the scrubbing brush. And then you end up walking out of there with a thousand dollar bill. Uh because you just go. It's the worst impulse buy aisle ever because it's a, the, the size of the top floor. <laughs> yeah, it's basically, it's an impulse buy aisle. It's the chips and lollies aisle for adults. It's all it is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that. 
Well, uh, today we're going to talk about new releases. New shiny things. New shiny things. Let's start with the shiny thing that me and Jared called, uh, I don't know, a month or two back, at least. Oh, yeah. Yeah, at least. And yeah. that is, we, that... Went, we went, hey, Zen, aren't you going to come out with a Rogue One table? I mean, it come seems on. like an obvious call. Yep, absolutely obvious. And look what just happened. <laughs> da, 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 da. So uh, the Rogue One table shall be ready uh, for purchasing by the time you all hear this podcast. I myself, in the meantime, uh, the good folks at Zen have supplied me with a review copy. So I was able to tinker around with it uh, today. Now, Jared, have you even seen the playfield yet? I've seen only static images of it. And I think there are some live streams around, but I haven't had a chance to look at them yet. So my first impression uh, right off the bat was this seems like a wide body table. Um, yeah, most of them are, aren't they? Really? Yeah, Little but some of them some of them feel narrower. This has a very wide open uh, bottom play field. It's got the uh, flippers that yeah, it's got four flippers total, but they're all kind of in line with each other. So you got the flippers that are midfield, and then down your regular you know place for the flippers. But it, mm -hmm. it just feels like a classic Williams Bally wide body. Actually, I'd say more Bally uh, wide body layout for the flippers. Um, okay, the, that sounds promising. Yeah, the table <laughs> itself for what I played, very uh, realistic. <laughs> Let me. I guess that's the, ba the basic way I would would put it. Um, there's not this a lot a of Zoltan Zoltan table. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so, so yeah. But unlike some of the other Star Wars tables, where you, it's kind of this you know funky layout or weird design of of things, or you're having a hard time figuring out where to shoot, this is very straightforward. Um, the thing that I liked immediately about it was up at dead center, up at the top, and you'll be shooting it a lot. I'll tell you this much. Um, there's basically a ramp that you go to. There's a a bunch of called stand up targets at the rear mm -hmm. that. Hitting each one spells out a letter of rogue. Uh, okay. When you hit all all of the targets that spell rogue, that's how you start your mission. Okay. Um, so they're dead center at the very top of the table. But once you hit the stand-up, the ball drops down underneath the clear ramp, you might say, that you were seeing, where there are seven pop bumpers awaiting you. Oh. Seven pop bumpers is very satisfying. <laughs> Let I me bet. just tell you. Whoa, um, I can imagine it, seeing the ball thump around in there. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah, and, and like I said, you'll be shooting that a lot, and so you hear the pop bumpers quite a bit. Um, once you actually complete Rogue, there are 10 missions that you can uh, play, and mm -hmm. they're fairly short. It's not the long, giant, extended missions. At least the first three that I played weren't. Um, like you get in the Aliens. Right, where it goes on for quite a while. These are pretty, they're all timed, and they're pretty quick, and they're not multi-stage, um, to the best of my knowledge. And again, I could be wrong. I only I only <laughs> hammered through it uh, just for a little bit prior to doing the podcast here. Mm -hmm. The uh, And basically what happens when you start the missions, the first one that, that happened was uh, a simple, we, and we've seen it in the last couple of their tables, that what I like to call the cardboard cutout that... Uh, Pops up and then starts roaming side to side, um, yep. you know. So you 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 hit that a bunch of times and that you know moves you forward. Uh, the second mission was one of those where it was 
uh, don't let the stormtrooper find you. And so basically you need to shoot only the lit lanes. And if you shoot anything else, then that's how you lose the mode, essentially. Hmm. Um, and then the third was, hey, hit the uh, the scoop hole three times. Once you hit that, and then you have to hit a particular ramp that's lit. Um, so th there, there's variations of what happens during the missions. The... So it sounds like you really have to explore the playfield quite a bit during the missions. You're not just shooting the same sort of regular things. No, no. The table is very symmetrical. Um, I mean, it's literally, you could fold the thing in half and it's, it's a mirror image of itself. Um, right. so two ramps left and right have trails that, uh, kind of a ram's horn, if you will, uh, mm -hmm. on the left and right. Like I said, you're shooting that center all over the place. Um, the voice work again, I don't know if it's straight from, uh, the movie actors or if they just got their really good voice talent going, but it sounded pretty quality, uh, very reminiscent of what Force Awakens uh, for voice work mm -hmm. was. Because that was great. Um, I really found voice to be excellent on Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah. So it's not the annoying uh, bad voice work that Zen sometimes uh, throws at you. Uh, In the music, earlier Star Wars table, tables, they did a bit of that badness. So yeah. yes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the music of it is sound straight from the movie. And it's, and I say that because it, it, it's very reminiscent of Star Wars themes, but it always cuts short, just like it did in the movie, where it does its own themes in the movie, but you can hear the those threads of what will become for uh, for when you get into A New Hope. Mm. So, yeah, by and large, uh, uh, I'm, I was enjoying it. The ball had nice bounce to it. The slingshots were very lively, uh, I, which I think is kind of surprising to me for a Zoltan table. Mm. Um, and again, it was seemed very straightforward. It wasn't confusing what you were supposed to do. Um, it's not obvious either, but it wasn't like, huh? I don't what, I'm, what, exactly what am I supposed to do? I don't understand. Um, yeah, skill shot activates a zipper flipper, <laughs> which is kind of fun to see happen. Uh, so yeah, no, I That's think the first uh, time I've seen a zipper flipper in a Zen game. Me too. Me too. Yeah. So Very all cool. in all, it, it seems like they've uh, they've got another winner on their hands. Uh, it'll fit. One of the things that I did notice, though, you go to select your tables, you're faced with a giant grid. Now I know this might be different on Android and iOS, where it's you have folders, but on Steam, all the tables are listed, boom, right there in front of you in a grid, not put in okay. folders. And there is only two slots left <laughs> that are blank. Oh, okay. Uh, Sounds yeah, like they'll so, be shrinking down the icons a little bit more for the next couple either, of times. Do they shrink the icons or they introduce folders to Steam users, but they're going to have to do something because they're about out of space. Folders <laughs> work just fine on Android. In fact, I think it's kind of nice to have them grouped away like that. Um, yeah, because they have, as, as it is, they have all the tables grouped by theme mm. uh, right next to each other anyway. So Yeah, I think they had to go with folders on Android because they ran out of room. So I'd say that you're probably up for folders. Um, which I don't know might make cabinet users a little bit uh, pissy, but we'll see what happens. They usually don't like folders in their cabinet builds. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think the integration with Zen and cabinets in general is actually pretty good. So um, out of the box, so I don't think there's going to be too much trouble there. Right. Hmm. Uh, so, like I said, I believe that uh, Rogue One is going to be releasing on Tuesday. Uh, I'm not sure on what the uh, price is. As of yet, though. No, probably about five squids, I think. 
Probably yeah. maybe maybe three ninety nine since it's only yeah. a single table. So in other um, words, five squids in 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 peso Australian land. Um, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's fine. Five bucks for a table of that quality is no problem. Now onto our next release, which you can currently buy at the moment as it dropped on Friday, and that is Farsight released uh, Al's Garage Band World Tour. Which is yeah. their first Alvin G table. That's right. And I gotta say, it looks really good. Like the the graphics are crisp on it. Um, yeah. There's quite a bit of text and it comes through very nicely. It. Yeah, you can actually read it. So hats off to Farsight on that. They uh, did a good job of uh, Rendering it. it. Yeah, rendering it. It looks it looks good. Mm. Um, I messed around with it a touch. My initial observation is they need to do some tuning. <laughs> because oh, really? Oh boy. Well, the ball. Let's just put it this way. I tap the ball to go around the loop okay. on the left side. And it barely looked like it was gonna have enough speed to to make it. And it made oh. the full loop all the way around. And I went, Oh, so we're talking like a, a vacuum. It around. felt like a vacuum. It felt uh, like a vacuum. It felt like the table had no, uh, table angle at all. Oh, um, that's a bit interesting. So that was, I have noticed. Yeah, that was, I, I probably agree. It is a, little, a little, it is a little floaty. Um, it feels, it depends if the balls going slowly for some reason, it feels floaty, but if it's traveling at normal pace, it actually, it loses the floaty effect. It, it's a weird physics in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the yeah. other thing is the center shot, which is the spinning disc ramp, mm. if you will. Um, now I got to play this table for the first time ever uh, last year at the mm. arcade expo. And that's where I, I got to play it with Norman, as a matter of fact. So oh, yeah. I'm not surprised that this table came to Farsight because Norman really, really dug the table. Um, but I don't remember the ramp being the easiest thing in the world to hit too, because I mean, again, it's at the very back center of the table. And mm. as far as I remember, you have to hit it with all your might to get that thing up the ramp and into the, the slot. And in this TPA version, it hasn't been that way. You can look uh, at it. You can basically just look at it and the ball go up there. Yeah. So yeah, again, that to me, it's... that to me feels like the table just doesn't have enough tilt. It's not set up. Mm. Uh, needs a little more rake to it. Yeah. You're probably right there. I think it could do with a bit more. I always say that with TPA tables, though, they all need to be steeper and harder. But you know, um, I think they've got to balance it out with people who can't play pinball um, versus people who can kind of play pinball like me. <laughs> the the other uh, area that they need to fix and fix correctly soon because it always bugs me, is, hey, congratulations, you scored a high score. Go ahead and enter your initials. It's not responsive. <laughs> no, that's the same on Android, too, and it's been I'm bugged. sitting there pushing the, the flipper button to move the, the cursor, and I'm pushing furiously at about every five seconds. <laughs> and meanwhile, the Big, countdown yeah. timer is going click, 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 click. And you're like, I'm barely going to get one initial in here before I run out of time. And which I is can, what happened. I can get all mine in. I can get all of my, which is E-E-L is what I use on pinball machines. And I can mm -hmm. get that in fine on Android using a controller, but using a touchscreen, no. Um, I they always seem to have, 
I was going to say they always seem to have this issue with Gottlieb's or Gottlieb likes. And this one is a Gottlieb like. So it's like the emulation on the initial entry screens is always screwy. They can't yeah. get the, the emulation right on it. So, yeah. Well, I really tried uh, pushing that button furiously. Nothing to no avail. I also used the keyboard trying to do that. That didn't work. And I tried push using my uh, my mouse and pushing the arrows on the center select pop-up. That didn't work. So mm -hmm. all around, it failed <laughs> for me with that. Um, so like I said, Farsight needs to do some patchwork on it. If I'm not mistaken, they were really, really up against it trying to get this one out. Uh, yeah, I heard that that's so, the case. They were yeah. really slammed with this one. Although, And part of that might be because, well, they got dumped on him with snow and weren't able to exactly get to work. <laughs> I've got a feeling the snow did have a big impact. I don't yeah. think anyone could get into the studio. Yeah. So those folks who can't work remotely had no hope of getting in there. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, weather sucks. But uh, <laughs> I think the fact that they've been able to get it out on most platforms, except for, I think, Mac, iOS, and Wea, um, and I think Amazon as well, that's still a pretty good result, um, considering the challenges they've had. What I have, like, I noticed in the newsletter, Chris, have you got the newsletter yet? Have you had a look at that? I did not look at it yet. Hmm. Okay. Well, the thing I'd like to see in the newsletter is that they're going into details about what they fixed in the um, in the platform as a whole and what platforms it affects as well. So, oh, very um, good. Yeah, they're actually. They're, this is a long-standing request that um, the fans and, and customers have wanted. And I think a lot of the time, the what's new or you know what's been changed descriptions in the app stores don't really let you extrapolate too much. But in the newsletter, I think it's a great place to put more detail in about what's been fixed. So there's been lighting fixes across the board on Steam. Um, Big Shot's got some DX11 um, playfield light issues fixed. And uh, that's good. They've got some oh. missing HUD stuff in the new UI. And Doctor Who, Master of Time, has got a whole lot of fixes. Um, so yeah, go and read the newsletter if you haven't already subscribed and um, see what you think about the fixes. And I think if you like it, you should actually just let Farsight know it on social media that that's something you enjoy reading because I'm sure it's not something that, that is trivial to produce across all platforms. So you know, make your love known for it if it's something you like to see and you'd like to see more of that in future newsletters. I'm going to have to check with Big Shots immediately. Uh, one of my big complaints with the DX11 uh, lighting was that the when the ball went over the insert let's say the insert color was purple yep the top of the ball would glow purple yep i'd that say is that's not probably, physically possible that's <laughs> not physically possible and i think that's the type of thing they're probably fixed one thing of note though is a blast from the past you might remember if you've ever played firepower that yeah. sometimes if you're in multi-ball you can get this infinite score bug where the emulation just keeps looping and looping and looping forever well that's fixed now it doesn't do that anymore. So they've obviously been able to, to um, squash that bug in that particular emulation. But it's, it's been a long time coming, but it's it's happened to me a couple of times when I've been playing it. But hey, look, you know, all good things come to those who wait. And another thing of note is um, Star Trek's got a full DX11 lighting pass now. Okay. So the next gen should be looking pretty shiny. Um, yeah. Because Firepower, I don't believe, is emulated. I believe they scripted that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, totally scripted, which is why the yeah. loop bug exists. Because right. something was wrong in their loop. I think they didn't, they didn't close off something. 
<laughs> under certain conditions <laughs> in the script and it's it's looping infinitely but i think that 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 semicolon's probably been added where it needs to be added now so everything's right. fine speaking <laughs> of the newsletter you did go ahead and post on twitter what the hint for next month's table is i saw it and yeah groaned yeah because it's our favorite manufacturer again. Gottlieb, welcome to Cactus Jacks. It's time to polka, everybody. Yay. Mm, great. <laughs> I've never played this one. So I guess... I've, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've played it in uh, virtual, uh, virtual Pinball. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, you know, yeah. It's it's one of those <laughs> it's one of those early Gottlieb premieres as well with the um sort of speakers on the top of the back box a little bit like uh, lights camera action and stuff right and the little teensy tiny um alphanumerics yeah oh boy gonna look forward to an exceptional sound package in that yeah um, I've had a look at the play field there's a big sort of circle in the middle with lots of lights on it um that uh, does something and it looks like there's some drop targets and other stuff in there so I'm sure. We'll be able to smack the ball around in it, and uh, like all Gottlieb premieres, you you put a quarter into it, and you go, "That was enough," and then walk away. Which <laughs> I, I imagine is probably going to be the same with this one. No, folks, we're not going to say anything nice about Gottlieb this week. We no, we, we totally filled that bucket last week. Um, <laughs> it, it's overflowing with nice, and it's not the smell, so we're not going to do that anymore. <laughs> so, what else do we got to hear? Well, what we got is who was it uh on the pinball arcade fan forum uh xtork i believe yeah it was xtork g'day xtork if you're listening he uh made a request or a uh, show suggestion of well jared why don't i let you describe it you have a better handle on this yeah sure so what xtork's challenge was to us was if you could mod an existing table um and do whatever you like with it what would you do to make it just a little bit more awesome now, I'm not saying he's made a caveat here that um, we shouldn't be tempted to just go, oh, you know, medieval madness, no changes. <laughs> it's perfect. We've got to think of a table that that's sort of a little bit like you just feel there's something not quite right with it. And you've got a brilliant idea to take to the design floor and get them to add it on to the, the, the pinball. Think of it as like just at the late whitewood stage. You go, I reckon we should do this. And then it'll be awesome. So I had a bit of a think about um, the... The idea and um i've got uh, about five tables that i think could do with a bit of um uh, a bit of a tweak in um tpa at least so all right hit me, hit me with some real quick okay so the first one and i will uh, totally say that i'm riffing off an, ex um, an existing um idea here with which fast i introduced into doctor who and that's the it integrates with the upper right flipper that you can now shoot the what used to be called the hang on lane um with um, but I think what that game could do with is just an extra ramp. It's just one ramp over and over again if you if you like ramps. And I think if you could actually put a, a crossover ramp um, fed by that upper right flipper um, and integrate that a little bit better into the game, perhaps have it looping around doing some crazy sort of um, habit rail looping, a little bit like the TARDIS going through the time stream you know flipping around and going upside down and doing a bit of you know all gymnastics on the ramp that would really add to the game i think a bit of visual difference of course you've got the problem with integrating a ramp into the already 
um, spoken for area above the time expander, but I think you could just do it in front of the time expander and still have plenty of room. And making it a habit rail would still allow you to um, view enough of the table that it wouldn't actually obstruct any views or anything like that. So I think that'd be a good mod. What do you think about that? Sure. More ramps yeah. are always good, in my opinion. And, and I think too, too many ramps, and then they become bad. <laughs> and then, it, then it's nuts, yeah. But I think the other thing they could do with Doctor Who is just get rid of a few of the stand-ups as well. There's a lot of stand-up targets in that, and I think the repair bank, or in, in Masters of Time, the Doctor bank, um, it, I reckon that could be really good candidates for drops. And I think Ooh, that yeah, would actually... Hmm. And I think that would actually really change the way that game played because, of course, you know, when you hit a drop target, all the speed washes off the ball. So you wouldn't be able to do glancing shots up into the um, the pop bumper loop and all that sort of thing. I think that would be interesting. Even if you wanted to, you could have drops in front and then have stand-ups beside it, you know, have a stage set of um, um, targets. So that would make an even more interesting addition to the game. So, yeah, almost you could use the drops like shields for the repair chance stand-ups, if you know what I mean. You've got to drop the targets before you can hit the shields. Anyhow, yeah, that's an mm -hmm. interesting idea. Now, on to the next one, which uh, is Judge Dread. Now, you might think that Judge Dread is already, already a pretty busy play field. It's got a lot of stuff on there. But the thing about Judge Dread is a lot of it is decoration. So you've got the big death world, which when it was originally designed was supposed to be a locking mechanism but now really just doesn't matter you could just do virtual locks all the time and in fact when the game is in compensation mode because that mechanism is working that's exactly what happens it's just virtual locks you don't get a ball locked in there at all so get rid of that save some money on that part of the bill of materials and make a um, mini playfield underneath very akin to um, a haunted house and having like an extra playfield underneath there but actually have it full of slings and pops. And this is quite reminiscent of your comment about what you really liked about Rogue One. Um, I think having a, a lot of slings and pops and having a danger area underneath there would actually make that part of the play field the Badlands, which isn't really reflected in Judge Street because that's where you go when you're banished, right? In the yeah. Judge Street universe. So you go down there in the Badlands and how would you enter the Badlands, Chris? You would enter through the outlanes. So instead of actually draining, you have holes that drop you into the Badlands where you have a final battle down there. And if you can keep the ball alive, it will return to the play field. And if you can't, it drains and returns to the out hole. So yeah, that's my idea for Judge Dredd. Okay. I pretty cool. That would be pretty cool, I reckon. So doing something underneath the play field that would, you know, like maybe completing drop targets with like all the, like even putting magnets or something underneath there as well to screw around with the ball. And actually battle the table even more to get keep the ball alive so you can keep it and have it return to the upper play field again and keep playing. It'd be a little tricky with it being all the way up the upper because you the angle of view, um, I think that's why most of your uh, sub-play field uh, things happen near the flippers because you can be directly overhead and, and see it. That being said, I've never really enjoyed any sunken play field games now that I'm, I'm trying to think about it. I'm like... Yeah, I don't care for black holes. I really hate haunted houses. Um, ACDCs doesn't really do anything for me. Um, I haven't gotten a hold of a Big Lebowski yet to know how theirs plays. Yeah, bowling. Yeah, yeah bowling. that'd be pretty cool. Uh, I enjoyed the uh, Wacker car in um, Street Fighter 2. That was pretty fun. Mm -hmm. That's always, Bashing that thing away is really fun. But uh, I think if you did it right, it would add quite an extra dimension to the game. Because it's all, that's a big open area in the middle there. And having a, 
a sub a mini playfield in there would just really make that thing go wow you look up walk up to go right that's pretty cool and um yeah it'd be something different at least all right hit me uh, with the another. other one all right so the next one i think that the thing with no good gophers is that whenever your ball feeds from the gophers through the subterranean um, um trough it always comes out in the pot bumpers and for some reason they've put three pot bumpers really really closely together in that area and it just the ball just seems to hang around in there so yeah, long. it slows the game down all big time it really does it really does and i think if they just lost one pot bumper in there maybe thought about integrating something like the um town square shoot through or the adams family shoot through the graveyard style pot bumper layout and allowed you to actually shoot up into that um that up kicker that kicks it back into play and then integrate that into the game as well um that would actually really change the way that game played number one it would drop down the amount of time it spent in the pops but it also gives you an extra shot to go for in the game so i think that'd be kind of cool to do in no good gophers um what do you think about that like it yeah yeah i do because it's it is the one aspect of that table where everything else is super fast and lots of flow and and everything where yeah you're right it he checks into the bob bumper and it's like okay let me wait for this stuff okay here we go now yeah, we're back i'll just go get a beer i'll go get a beer and then i'll come <laughs> back and oh look my balls actually come down to the flippers again and that's particularly frustrating when you're doing a time mode and the time yeah. doesn't actually stop in when it's in the pops the other thing they could do there as a as a acceptable workaround is just if you hold both flippers in, it just kills the power to the pop bumpers. And to their credit, that's something that um, Gottlieb do very well. Um, it's a, a little known thing that on um, Big Hurt and Gladiators, you can kill the power to the pop bumpers by holding both flippers in and return the ball to play. So that's a bit of a tip. Um, the other thing uh, is on the roller coaster series, Hurricane and Cyclone, sure they got ramps on them, but I actually get more of a roller coaster theme, honestly, by the the big um, uh, crazy ramp in uh, white water. That feels to me yeah. much more roller coastery than the ramps that they've got in those games. So, what I would think would be better in those games is to really test the laws of physics in that game and completely and utterly redo the ramps in the game, in the feeds in the game, to make the 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 paths that the ball goes really roller coastery. I'm thinking like even using something like a accelerated technology, like a, in uh, the the jump ramp in No Fear, how there's a little accelerator magnet on there that will actually fling the ball really fast. NASCAR has those uh, also. Yeah, that's right. But I actually, have it on the ramp. And I'm thinking something like an Immelman ramp, if you know what that is, where the ball actually goes up and then goes one way and then goes up and travels along the top of the ramp almost in an inverse way okay and then feeds back to the top of the play field and then does some crazy stuff there's so much stuff they could do if they use their imagination with ramps and more less plastic ramps and more habit rails in that game and roller coaster tycoon does an okay job at it but i think um the the, the sort of stuff in cyclone and hurricane could really be ramped up if they really re-engineer the ramps in that and the last one and you're probably not going to believe i'm saying this as a game that needs to be modded more burned with fire but going nuts <laughs> so oh no go nuts so i think the thing i've been thinking about going nuts and the thing that i 
dislike about the table is that none of the shots feel good when you're shooting them. Like, no. <laughs> it feels like work. It, it does feel like work. And I think the reason like why getting, it feels getting like to work, the upper left of that, of that play field is, it's a task. It's, yeah, it is. Now, I think I've worked out the reason for that. Um, and surprise, surprise, it's playfield layout. <laughs> but uh, the thing that they could do here is I was thinking back, right, how could they make this playfield open up a bit more and give you access to the upper playfield, which it, it's probably the most fun part of the playfield because you've got drop targets up there you can shoot, and a captive ball, and there's other stuff up there too that's okay. Um, so what would be the way they could do that? And I thought, well, how about they put all the assemblies that are on the bottom on subterranean platforms and actually have them pop up and down into play? So if you shot a target, the whole mechanism will pop up into um, ball reach. So you could actually shoot dot drop targets and all that. And then when you shot another target, it would actually disappear again and you could actually shoot those upper areas of the play field a bit better. Um, so essentially have you control where the playfield elements are on the table by shooting things. So no small amount of engineering would be involved in that, but... Uh... Oh, they can do it with pop bumpers. They can do it with pop bumpers. Maybe, you know, if they want to just do it with things like small assemblies, like pop bumpers, like disappear those underneath the table. I mean, look at something like uh, Zacharia, who actually had a whole pop bumper slab with three yeah. or four playfield items all go up and down on a motor assembly. You know, there's a, you can pretty much make anything go up and down if you put enough engineering around it. Right. And, you know, yeah, it would completely make the bill and materials go up to like $20,000 for the game. But, <laughs> you know, still keep the multi-ball. That's fine. I actually don't think that's a bad thing. But, yeah, just make the play field a little bit more open and more accessible. Um, and then if you want to be a, a total masochist, hit the targets and make everything pop up again and go nuts. <laughs> All right. And um, that's it. That's it. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to bring up one that I have brought up before. But every single time I play it, I have the same thought. I'm bringing up Centaur. And what I'm okay. bringing up with that is when I played it in uh, Virtual Pinball by the author Pack Dude, he had done his uh, Pack Dude modification to it, made his own ROM set. And he altered the game in two key ways. Okay. The first was when you activated multiball you it also activated a song of your choice so you would go in uh, with an mp3 that you had on your computer go ahead and uh, link that to the table basically and so as yeah. soon as you went to multiball boom your own music would start playing the key is finding the right kind of music to start playing and I got really stoked when I had plunked in uh, a tune from The Matrix, which was the uh, Burly Brawl, and it just kicks in immediately with this, and it would like frighten you almost as soon as that music would come Because previously, the table's just, you know, fairly silent. It's it's centaur, right? And then all of a sudden, there's just crazy orchestral, you know, driving percussion music you know kicked in and whereas normally you're trying to keep multi-ball alive just keep multi-ball alive i was trying to keep multi-ball alive just so i could keep the song going yeah <laughs> um, so I can imagine 
yeah, so that was that was the first modification that I loved. But the more important modification was once you went into multi-ball, the balls became glowing orbs. And I believe Ooh, that's cool. three or four different colored glowing orbs. And the best way I can describe them was it, it looked like the plasma balls, you know, with the little tendrils on mm-hmm. it. But they were contained within the ball and didn't uh, uh, escape out of the ball. Yep. So unlike what Zen does when your ball turn, you know, turns into molten hot fire or whatever, and it kind of alters the shape of the ball, these the ball shape never changed. It just became a different color and it had these tendrils inside of them. Now, okay. while the balls were glowing, they were worth a certain point value. Mm. But after a while of playing them, because, you know, hey, you can keep multi-ball going for some time. After a while, they would lose their energy, if you will. And the mm-hmm. only way to make them fire up again was to shoot them in, like, say, on the right-hand side of the table near the top. Uh, there's a lane that you could shoot in that it would capture the ball uh, with a magnet, basically, and then release it again. Mm-hmm. Well, if you shot that shot, that's what would energize the orb again. Mm-hmm. And it added this really cool dynamic because with Centaur, after a while, your multiballs, you realize that all you're doing is just flipping the flippers and keeping these things alive. There's no strategy whatsoever going on because you've got, especially if you have all the Guardians going and you've got five, or what was it? Is it a maximum of five balls or is it four balls? I can't remember. Um, I anyways, it's five. I think it's five too. When you have those all just going on the table, there is no strategy. It's just whack, 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 whack. Yeah, you just know, let them score ball. points for you five times. Over, right. Essentially. But this way, all of a sudden it became, oh no, I've lost the energy on that ball and therefore I'm not getting the score value. And so you're trying to shoot it again. Now, if I'm not mistaken, it's been a long time since I played this because I don't have VP loaded up on my computer anymore. Um, but one of the other aspects was that you could only light the ball in certain lanes that corresponded to its color. Mm-hmm. So it, it really became you needing to do a shooter's uh, skill set while doing multi-ball. It was really cool, mm. uh, really updated the table, made it feel very modern. Um, it's basically what Zen would do today. Uh and and I say that in terms of it's something that couldn't be done in real life on a table, but by all means, because it's already been done, <laughs> Farsight would be able to do it. I just I just wish that they would contact him and be like, can we use this and modify the hell out of the table and, and let us have that fun? Because it's the one reason, or I shouldn't say the one, there's a couple of reasons why I would keep uh, visual pinball going uh, on my computer. But that was the, that's the, the key one that I miss. Uh, yeah, that sounds play. really cool. So mm. that would be, I guess that would be my my modification that's already been done, but I would love Farsight to implement it again since I don't have visual pinball on my computer anymore. Well, thanks for the question, Xtalk. I think it was a, a good idea to think about what we can do with existing tables. I mean, there are models out there that do it all the time and um, it'd be interesting to, you know, be put into a designer's shoes and then have to realize those things that we actually said because i'm sure it's one thing to say hey let's put a mini playfield in judge dread and then <laughs> actually have to do it and then convince the manufacturers that that's actually a really great thing it'll earn you so much more money when you do it but that wasn't the question so <laughs> i was going i was going moonshot here with my answers but yeah yeah so hey if you have any uh suggestions that we can use for uh something to talk about in the show, why don't you go ahead and drop us a line at our email, which is 
blahblahblockade at gmail.com. You can also go ahead and post on the Pimble Arcade Fans Forum. Uh, whenever Jared posts that our podcast is available, there always is the possibility of putting discussion, and that's exactly where Xtark's suggestion landed. Um, mm. Or, hey, why don't you contact us on Twitter? The show is at Blockade. You can also uh, follow Jared and I. Jared is at Jared Morgs. Myself, I am at Shut Your Traps. Follow us, follow the show on Twitter, and you'll always be up to date on all sorts of things that we happen to find interesting throughout the week. Last but not least, you can go check out our website, which is blockadepinball.com. There you can find all the downloads of past shows and Jared Post show notes and links to uh, various sites if uh, we mentioned in an episode. Also, that's where you can find out how to buy t-shirts. And uh, hey, remember Loot Crate? Yeah, you can still do that too. You can also donate to us on PayPal me, um, paypal.me forward slash blockade as well. Any amount, um, starting at 100. <laughs> <laughs> so far, there's been an overwhelmingly poor response to that particular option. But you know, who knows? I can't imagine why. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but you know, there might be some philanthropic person out there that goes, you know what? You want to spend a million dollars to share? I'm going to give it to Blockade. <laughs> Somehow I don't and think we're in a charitable write-off, but um... we can we can make it happen. <laughs> Someone's going to give us a million dollars. Yeah. All right, gang. That's going to wrap it up for our show this week. Stay tuned next week when we'll talk about who knows. We'll figure it out about ten minutes before we start the show. <laughs> That's the best way to do it. All right. Hey, and look at that. The, 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 we didn't talk about snacks. We didn't talk about movies. We kept no, we it. did that before the show. Oh, yeah. That's, that's right. We did. Oh, we did talk about snacks at Ikea. All right. Never yeah, mind. That's right. That's okay. All right. Brief I fail. failed. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, until then, that's it. Bye-bye. Sayonara. Wizardamusement.com, the West Coast leader in classic pinball. Makers of custom pinball shooter rods to buyer specifications. Swap out your standard ball plunger with something themed to your specific table. Installs in less than five minutes with no custom tools. Even if you don't own a table, looks great as a pinball memento to admire. Prices start at $39, but mention Blockade Podcast to receive 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com. Sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blockade is delivered to. We can't prove unless you tell us how. Now stop listening, play some pinball. I went to uh, Ikea a few weeks back because I am in need of... Shut up already! <laughs> every, every single time I say the word Ikea, my wife in the background goes, Ikea? <laughs> she's like me i do love going to the place i would i would just strip all the furniture out of his place and just fit it all out with ikea stuff in a heartbeat <laughs>